Hello, and welcome to Primary Immunodeficiency Questions and Answers. This podcast is a service of the Immune Deficiency Foundation, a nonprofit organization that improves the diagnosis, treatment, and quality of life of people affected by primary immunodeficiency. Attending school, being with friends, or playing a sport are basic teen activities. While the global pandemic has halted many of these activities, teens with PI feel even more isolated. Every family handles quarantine differently. However, many limit their teens' exposure to protect them. In this episode, we will be discussing how a panel of young adults living with PI has been coping throughout the past year. And now, let's begin. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode, A Year in Our Lives in the Age of COVID-19, a panel discussion that's part of IDF's teen series. I'm your host, John Boyle. The year 2020 has been deemed the year we stayed home, mostly due to the coronavirus causing a global pandemic. As we continue to battle this virus into 2021, everything around us seems to be changing. Attending school is virtual, seeing our friends is done socially distanced while wearing a mask, vacation plans are canceled and rescheduled, and so much more. For teens living with PI, fear, anxiety, loneliness, it can all be overwhelming as many are trying to stay isolated to keep themselves healthy. Today, we're gonna be talking with a panel of young adults who are living with PI to discuss how they've coped with COVID during this new time, including some of the tips and tricks to feel less isolated while staying at home. With us today is 17-year-old Vicki Metal, 19-year-old Darcy Gott, and 19-year-old Ethan McGrew. Thank you all for being here virtually as we discuss a, uh, a pretty weighty topic. So to get everything kicked off, I'd really like to start by going around and having each of you introduce yourselves and tell our listeners a little bit about you. So uh, Darcy, can we start with you? Sure. Um, so my name is Darcy. I'm 19 years old. I am actually from Florida in Tampa region. Go Bucks! But uh, for right now, I am in Waterville, Maine um, at college, in, uh, at Colby College. Um, I am currently studying French and education and math in hopes of becoming either a math or French teacher in the future. Fabulous. Well, thanks, Darcy, for being with us here today. Ethan, can we uh, learn a little bit about you? Hello, my name is Ethan. I am currently living in South Florida, but I'm from Louisiana. I am in college for political science. I would love to be a college professor um, in the future. Some of my favorite things to do currently hobby-wise in all of this is I really like to play video games with some of my friends back from home and um, I take a part and, and clean guns, and that's about all that I do right now, currently other than school. Very good. Well, thanks, Ethan. I really appreciate your taking the time with us today. And finally, Vicki, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Victoria. I live in New Jersey, and I was diagnosed with an unspecified type of PI when I was 14 years old, so I had just started high school at the time. And I love playing piano and chess, and my goals for the future is... I plan on becoming a physician with a possible career in immunology. Uh, well, we need as many of those as we can get, as I think uh, the three of you certainly know. Well, I appreciate the introductions. Now, uh, 
we have been dealing with this pandemic for almost a year now. Uh, so I would love to hear, as would our listeners, um, about you know, what this last year has been like, how the pandemic has affected each of you personally. Uh, did you transition over to virtual schooling, uh, have to change up any of your uh, sort of activities or things that, uh, you know, you were doing or you had a trajectory of doing, or maybe um, how, if you had a job, uh, how that was affected. So uh, we're going to go uh, completely in random order through all these things. Um, let's go, Ethan, uh, if you wouldn't mind kicking us off. I was um, taking classes in person and I've had to, at first they were like kind of seeing what they were going to do my college wise, but we, they canceled all of the classes and then they moved them all into virtual. And this semester I'm doing completely virtual. Um, hobby wise and stuff other than school, I've not really been going to the grocery store like I used to. We all do pickup orders. I'm not going to indoor ranges at all because those are pretty enclosed spaces and that was my only real hobby. Other, So now if I want to go to the range, I have to drive an extra hour. And so that's been difficult for uh, time management wise. But other than that, my life hasn't changed too much actually other than having to do virtual school. I do miss being in person, be able to go back and forth with professors whenever I'm really engaged with a class which is what I really like to do. But other than that, it hasn't been too bad, at least for me. All right. And Ethan, a, a little follow-up here. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, there's two hobbies there and you mentioned the ranges are not really uh, uh, so possible for you, um, but there's the gaming. Uh, so first question, okay, what are you playing these days? And secondly, uh, you know, as you're playing more of that, maybe doing um, less of the other things, screen time has that gone up is that now a larger part of your life or have you managed to not have it overtake things screen time's definitely gone up um but i've always always had something going i've actually have like tinnitus and so there's always something in my ears anyway but i really like podcasts and so if i'm not on the phone with any of my friends or doing school then i have like history podcasts or political podcasts it's mostly history um going and so that's a real good way that i like to kind of balance stuff out. And a lot of the games I play are more strategy-based games. Um, and so it's really, I find that it can be helpful to have like multiple things going on, at, at least for me at once. And so that way I'm always learning as well. And if like, I'm currently learning about um, 20th century world history. A lot of podcasts I listen to, one of the ones I'm listening to right now is about like Mussolini's rise to power. And so it, that's only like two chapters ahead of my um, current classes that's going on. So I'll have a good base of knowledge already going for me for that. So that's a nice way I like to keep myself busy currently. Very good. Well, uh, Vicki or Victoria, and, and I may alternate between uh, calling you both here. Um, can you talk a little bit about how things have uh, unfolded for you over this last year? Yeah, um, just like Ethan, I'm completely virtual, um, but Strangely enough, I definitely found myself being more productive and having more time to actually do the things that I love and spend time with the people that I love. So I've spent a lot more time baking with my sister, um, playing the piano, going hiking and playing chess. Um, throughout the beginning of quarantine, I even took online courses in immunology, viral infections and cancer. Uh, but I didn't really let the limitation of me being isolated from others hold me at a disadvantage or set me back or prohibit me from doing the things that I wanted to do. Although my priorities have definitely changed 
Um, I've definitely grown to look at life as a string of little victories. You know, there's always something good in every day, no matter how small. Um, so I try and take time to cherish them. And also, I've, as I was watching TV and seeing the COVID cases rise, um, seeing all these doctors, nurses, medical professionals tell their stories and risk their lives and well-being for complete strangers further solidified that medicine was what I wanted to pursue. And so indirectly, I've helped others. Um, my family and I have run two food drives to help families suffering from food insecurity. And in December, I coordinated a blood drive. So in that way, learning and growing um, have kind of been the main journeys for me throughout most of this pandemic. Well, uh, you have made the most of it, uh, uh, it really sounds. But of course, despite all of the laudable things that you've done there, of course, I've got to ask a little bit more about the things that are near and dear to my heart, or I should say my stomach. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the baking. Now, are you nailed it level or great uh, British baking show level? What is your baking uh, inspiration come out as? Um, I'm definitely not a professional. Um, my sister and I, our favorite thing to bake are chocolate crinkle cookies. I don't know if you know them, but they're basically brownies in cookie form and you roll them in powdered sugar and they bake and they have crinkles on the top. It's great. That's my favorite thing to bake. But also I am never that one to remember recipes. I cannot remember measurements. I always have to look it up. So I'm pretty amateur, but all the stuff that I do bake turns out pretty, pretty good. So I can't be too mad about it. That sounds, um, as delicious as it sounds wonderful. So uh, Darcy, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how your life has changed over this last year and uh, how things are different or how they are the same. Yeah, so things for me definitely changed quite a bit over the last year. You know, originally back in March, within 48 hours, um, everything was totally remote at my school but I actually stayed on campus because the cases in Florida were so bad. And with my PI, my family and I didn't want to risk it. So I was up on campus by myself for most of the time until, you know, May. And this was actually the first year because of the pandemic and logistics that I actually celebrated my birthday, not in Florida. I stayed at my grandmother's house in Maine. But other than that, like with softball, I, I was playing softball at college, but I'm no longer doing that. Uh, they canceled the season for the spring, so I wasn't able to do any softball during those uh, couple months. Luckily, now my school, um, I'm fortunate enough to be on campus because um, they do a lot of testing and they do, they have robust regulations. You know, we get tested every other day for COVID. And as soon as somebody... Um, test positive, they're quarantining them off campus in a hotel. Um, and right now, although I'm not in class, I'm actually doing a uh, teaching job. A, it's called the practicum, where I'm sort of like a teaching assistant at a local middle school. Um, and I do that, you know, 7 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. And they've been, you know, so kind to um, accommodate to me and my PI. And I was even given the chance to kind of educate some of the students on what exactly a PI is and how it relates to COVID, which is, I feel so appreciative for that opportunity. Um, for activity wise, I my love for jigsaw puzzles 
has gone through the roof. Um, me and my grandmother used to do jigsaw puzzles all the time. And since COVID started, I have been doing so many more of them. Oh, I love them so much. <laughs> now, Darcy, what, uh, how big are we talking about here? Because again, I've got, I've got an 11 year old whose attention span for things like that goes, is limited. So are we talking the thousand pieces? Are we going higher, lower? Uh, what's your oh, It ranges. I do puzzles on my iPad, which are normally like 600, 700 pieces. Um, I do 500 piece, 300 piece. I'll even do some 3D puzzles here and there. I actually have one of a, it's a 540 or so piece 3D puzzle of a globe that spins on a, you know, a little pole. So it's a pretty big love. No, that, well, that sounds phenomenal. Well, I, I didn't know about the iPad jigsaw puzzle. So uh, let me kind of go a little farther there uh, for all three of you. And, and, and Darcy will kind of keep you on the hot seat here. Can you tell us about anything that you discovered, you know, as people mentioned, new podcasts, new recipes, things that, again, you would not have necessarily seen were it not for having to spend a little bit more time in this sort of arena? Yeah. So um, before COVID, I really just did the hard, hard versions of the jigsaw puzzles. And then during COVID, because I wasn't able to find as many because they're all sold out because everyone's doing jigsaw puzzles now, I downloaded a few apps um, on my iPad and I've been doing at least a puzzle, one of those 600 piece puzzles every single day. Um, I have never watched the Pokemon um, animation, the cartoon, but I love playing Pokemon Go because it helps me get out and go and explore new places while being socially distant. I uh, originally got into it because uh, my, my boyfriend is really into Pokemon Go and he got me into it. So now I'm just playing whenever I can so I can get out and start moving and walking. <laughs> Love it. Victoria, uh, have you come upon any gems, any new discoveries since you have been over the last year forced to be a little bit different in how you approach uh, your activities? Anything new that you think other people should know about as they seek to, again, continually remain socially distanced and uh, careful in that way. I've definitely, my obsession with chess has grown dramatically. Um, my grandma and I will have our nightly chess tournaments. So this is a daily thing. We'll sit down for two hours and just play. And I find that it actually, it's a really cerebral game, but it's, it's not hard. It just trains you to think better. And I think, you know, we're all trying to think more right now. And I think we're too lost in thinking about other scary topics. Um, and I think it's just fun to lose yourself in a game like that. Um, but yeah, we'll sit down for two, three hours, maybe play until um, she beats me at least once because I usually end up beating her um, and she'll get really mad about it. But um, that's one thing I really recommend. And I've also just been watching a lot of TV, like Cobra Kai. I've really, I've really been getting into that TV show, um, especially because I love the Karate Kid movies and I basically grew up watching 80s movies. So it brings back a lot of nostalgic feelings for me. And I've never watched Parks and Rec before, but I was recommended to it by a friend. And in the beginning of quarantine, I think I got through all seven seasons within three weeks, maybe. Um, yeah, I love that show as well. So 
mainlining it. Uh, no, I, I, party uh, uh, support of both Parks and Rec and Cobra Kai. Uh, and of course, I do have to ask, given your uh, your other uh, kind of deepening uh, interest in chess there, uh, have you watched The Queen's Gambit? I have watched The Queen's Gambit. I love it. It was so good. good. Good to know. No, I know. I know most people have, but you know, there's there's some who are uh, truly into chess who you know maybe nitpick a little bit on that. Three positive recommendations. Right. Well, now on to Ethan. Ethan, uh, discoveries. You know, things that recommendations. Things that everyone else uh, who's listening needs to know about. And let us have it. So I can't believe I forgot this in the beginning, but I have like really bad food allergies, and so I actually bake and cook a lot, and so does my family. And so that's been a big part. Um, I make like homemade pizza twice a week. That's really, really good. I love doing that. Cookies, angel food cake, all that kind of stuff has been real good to do. And I listen to music. I listen to podcasts while I do it. Um, as Vicky, Victoria said, um, with chests and everything, you really forget about anything else that you're doing whenever you're having to concentrate so hard on that. So whenever you're it's the same sort of thing, you can just stop thinking about whatever. If you have music, you can listen to the songs, you can do whatever you want. I find that a lot of that pretty much everybody needs a, um, a task or a hobby like that, wherever they can just sit down, not think about whatever they were doing before, really just let the rest of the world melt away, which is good. Well, um, as the rest of the world melts away, I think we will melt away for just uh, one or two moments as we take a quick break. Uh, and then we are going to talk some more in just another couple of moments. So, Stay tuned. No matter where you are along your journey, IDF wants to help you manage living with primary immunodeficiency, or PI. As a community-empowered organization, IDF can provide you with support, education, and resources to help you cope with a wide variety of issues related to PI, including physical and mental health, insurance, and relationships. For more information, please visit www.primaryimmune.org. Welcome back. Today, I'm speaking with a panel of young adults living with PI to talk about how they have coped with uh, the global pandemic and life therein. Now, we've talked a little bit about how our physical lives have been altered, and uh, there was a little bit of talk about losing yourself in some of your hobbies. So uh, I think that's a great transition for talking about really how your mental health has been affected and how you have coped with this. So with schools, after school activities, jobs, uh, your practicum, Darcy, uh, you know, stress is inevitable uh, just as, as part of them on the day-to-day -day basis. But with the addition of the pandemic and being stuck inside more, having our normal routines changed, can you tell us each uh, about how you are managing your stress outside of just that, that arena of your hobbies, you know, how you on a day-to-day -day basis are best dealing with this? And maybe, you know, is there anything that you have changed uh, along the way from before the pandemic hit? So, uh, Victoria, can you tell us a little bit about how you have managed stress throughout this time period? Well, it was particularly very stressful for me um, in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I think right before it hit here in New Jersey, my grandma was actually diagnosed with cancer. Um, 
and she was due for an operation in April. And obviously that was postponed for July. And being her primary caregiver, um, it was pretty, pretty devastating and very scary. And it just added this whole new element towards the pandemic. Like I really have to do my part in this. I have to stay away from people as much as possible. And that kind of consumed me a little bit for a while. Um, but something I found that helped me a lot was truly just spending a lot of time with her, especially, and my family. And we spoke a lot about our hopes and our plans for the future. And I think that open this open communication is super important. And once you kind of have answers to those burning questions, it really puts your mind at ease. So now she's cancer free and um, no, I'm, I'm really happy about that. It definitely um, makes things a little easier for my mental health. And I guess I'm also just a firm believer that we can't always control our situations, but we can always control our reactions to them. So I've just been keeping that in mind. I've been trying to raise more awareness about PI and other chronic conditions throughout the pandemic because I think it's very important. We had all that um, momentum in the beginning where everyone was talking about, oh, the chronically ill and um, people who are immunocompromised, we have to protect them. And I feel like throughout the pandemic, that's kind of dwindled a bit. So I want to still remind people that it's still super important, even if you don't have a chronic illness, to just do your part. Um, so I guess when it really comes down to it, I've just learned to really make the most of every moment um, that cancer scare like really put everything into perspective for me even more than it had before you know living with PI um, and I really just needed to find the beauty in, in every single moment whether I would take walks with her um, even go outside for five minutes um, to get some fresh air when I play chess with her watch movies um, I just find that definitely talking communicating even if it's with your family or if you're just doing conference calls um, with your close friends even your teachers really any form of communication really helps and it really puts your mind at ease after well um, I'm sorry uh, for what your grandmother and, and your family went through but I'm, I'm glad that and she's cancer free and I'm glad that uh, you know with all that uh, there were a few a few pieces that you got to learn to to approach these things differently with very healthy, very, uh, again, uh, laudable. So Ethan, can you tell us a little bit um, about with the stress that was experienced at the beginning and with, uh, especially as it was new and as you've gone through this and had to kind of endure month after month of this, um, how have you handled that? I think the um, biggest thing that's changed for me personally is my, um, perspective of time has completely shifted. I've often joked and said that time is now just an illusion. There is no real tomorrow. It's the appointment, the due date. When's my next test? It's no longer like, oh, Thursday, I go to class at like 10. It's like next week I have a doctor's appointment and that's the only date that there is. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I really miss being able to, to like be real engaged with my classes in, in person. I'm the type of student to where like, I'm always raising my hand. I've had two professors now tell me to stop raising my hand and they will call on me whenever nobody else raises their hand and then they call on me. 
So I, I miss being able to argue, well, not, not argue, but have a good discussion with the class and the teacher and my students around me. Um, I know that my family definitely misses that because now they're the only ones that I can ever talk their ears off whenever there's something going on I want to talk about. Um, I think those are the two biggest things. I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool mentally. I'm pretty stable, which has always been real good throughout my life. Um, whenever there's big changes or whenever there's a new like diagnosis or I get sick, it never really has affected me mentally, which I've always been real appreciative of. It's been much harder on like my sister because she, she had a lot of friends. She's like a 14 year old girl and she hasn't been able to go to school. And that's real difficult. My mother couldn't do yoga or anything. It really hasn't affected me too bad mentally, which I've been real grateful for overall. No, well, that, that is <laughs> wonderful to hear because, uh, I mean, honestly, so many people that we do hear about who, frankly, don't have the same sort of life experiences that you do as people, you know, living with PI and having had the need to uh, maybe bolster yourself a little bit differently and, and just uh, prepare yourself a little bit differently for trying times. So, uh, no, that's, that's, that's actually wonderful to hear. Uh, and now, Darcy, tell us a little bit about how, with having some in-person uh, experience of the practicums and, and, and everything else that you're dealing with, how, how have you dealt with the stress of the last year? So for me, a really big part of my life has always been fitness and just working out and doing sports. So normally when I get really stressed out about something, I usually take a breath or if I get really freaked out, I'll try and go out and take a walk or go for a run, you know, go to the gym, do, do something to help me kind of physically remove that stress for me. But something that also has really helped me, you know, is good thing is I gained a relationship out of this pandemic and he has just been so helpful. He'll let me vent to him about, you know, anything that's going on. And I'm just so grateful for him to be in my life. Uh, with the practicum, uh, it has definitely added a little bit of stress to my life just because it's I'm working with sixth grade students and uh, I'm a sixth grade math teacher's assistant and it's just the kids at that age um, they don't fully understand you know how serious the pandemic is and why we all need to wear masks and stay six feet apart so you know I can get a little um, frustrated at times because, you know, they're not wearing the mask over their nose or, you know, they're play fighting with their friends or, you know, not wiping something down when they should be. But I also take this as a chance to educate them more on PIs and how exactly the virus and how this pandemic has affected people with PIs. I mean, my class that I work with they have Eagle time every day and we use that as a read aloud time. And since I've been there on Fridays, I just kind of have been telling them stories rather than reading the book um, because they're very interested in learning about my life. And so one day I decided, okay, well, I'm going to tell them the children's story that I made about PIs where you're basically describing, okay, well, your body is this castle and your knights are your immune system. And not everybody has all the knights that they need to fight off the dragons which would be, you know, any kind of sickness. So for us, it's really important that we have stuff like masks and our immune globulin and things like that. And I feel like they really took that to heart and it really helped them understand just how important it is to do, you know, all these different steps like social distancing and not going out and always wearing your mask and stuff like that. <laughs> 
that, that is a silver lining of being able to teach uh, them that. Well, since Darcy, you've mentioned that for uh, for Vicky and for Ethan, um, in terms of trying to kind of translate that information about you know how important it is, especially for your health. Uh, can you tell us anything about, you know, for the, the folks in your life or, you know, or that you would want others to hear in terms of knights and castles and things like that? Um, what's a message that you would want for everyone who comes in contact with you to understand in terms of protecting your health, theirs, uh, and, you know, the population as we go through the rest of this pandemic time together. Uh, Ethan, if you wouldn't mind. I'm an extremely political person, but this whole matter really doesn't need to be like it has been. It, it really should just be a basic level of empathy that we should all have for each other to where we can do, in my opinion, what is like the bare minimum, which is really just like wear a mask and wash your hands. Like we tell little children to wash their hands. We really shouldn't be on the news telling people to wash their hands, you know, in my opinion, at least. Um, I, it's really just have, have empathy for one another. It, it isn't hard with everything that's going on, I would say. And uh, Victoria, uh, a message that you want everyone in your world and everyone who might be listening to take away and to remember. Um. I would probably say, you know, we're all in this together. Um, we have to think of those that are vulnerable and fragile when making personal decisions. Um, I think that this pandemic has given us all a false sense of security. Um, so it's really important to keep our guards up and to be cautious, um, but obviously don't let it consume you. But as Ethan said, to have that empathy and that compassion for others you know, it's not just your family, it may be your neighbor's family. Um, you know, it's something that's very close to us. It's something that's very close to everyone, I think, in some shape. We all know someone that has gotten it or someone through a friend that has gotten it. So it's just really important to wash your hands and wear a mask and practice social distancing on behalf of everyone who has a chronic condition. Um, we depend on others to stay healthy. That's really all this is, you know. Um, I'm registered to get the vaccine in March. Obviously, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to respond to it. I don't even know if I'll make the antibody to it. I, I'm very hopeful for it, obviously, but, you know, we depend on other people to stay healthy, um, especially right now. Um, so if you can get the vaccine, I highly recommend it and just keep um, practicing social distancing, wearing masks, washing hands, basic hygiene. Um, and really, I guess, just remember that since while the virus is still so unpredictable, um, our reactions to it don't have to be, you know, we just have to stay in that routine and keep up the momentum of being compassionate and empathetic towards one another, making the right decisions. <laughs> how, how, how can, uh, between the three of you, uh, how can we ask for more than that? So one additional question, uh, Darcy, you, you mentioned that you had actually kind of gained a relationship during uh, this pandemic, but this has obviously changed the way that a lot of us 
interact with uh, family, with friends, with those around us. Can you uh, just tell us uh, a little bit more about you know, how that's changed? Are you doing uh, FaceTime or equivalent with friends? Is this texting? Are you seeing more or less of family members or uh, neighbors? Uh, how, you know, how have the relationships, how have the people who you see on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis uh, changed either for better or for worse? And Ethan, do you want to take that first? Sure. Um, all my family is still in Louisiana other than like my immediate household with my mother, father, and sister. Um, so with keeping up with them, we, we almost always eat supper every night together, which I really like to do. But like I video chat with my grandparents usually no less than once a month, but I try to like two plus. Um, but it's going to be the first year I've never like hunted in person. The first year my father and I have never even hunted in person. So that was kind of a big deal, which that was obviously a big letdown. Um, it's, it's been more difficult keeping up with, with like my grandparents and my cousins, not being able to see them because normally we see them like twice a month. I mean, not twice a month, twice a year. They're planning to come after they get the vaccine in a few months and hopefully they'll be able to do that. And I'm really looking forward to whenever they can. That'd be great. Great. And, uh, Vicki, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the waxing and waning and uh, and everything else of um, of your relationships and how things have changed uh, over this last year? Um, actually, I think it's changed pretty positively. Um, I'm very lucky to have really supportive friends. Um, I have my very small group of friends, but um, they're ride or dies. They understand completely what I'm going through. And actually my close friend, her mom was just diagnosed with PI. So we both share that in common now. So it's, it's easier for us to understand each other. But I think ultimately my friends and I, we just, we're at that level where we just, we nod and we know what we're trying to say. You know, we make eye movements and we already know. But um, for me, it's not as hard as it is for others, but I know many that have that are freshmen and they're in that weird state of limbo. They can't make friends. It's really hard talking through a screen. Um, so for that, I'm pretty lucky that I already have my friends. And I think I've just really used this time as more of a teaching tool. Um, you know, I've explained more intricacies about PI, you know, all the autoimmune stuff. Um, all the other symptoms and side effects that go with it. And yeah, we just understand, we understand each other very well and we keep up with them. We, um, we make this group FaceTime call um, once a week and we just talk for hours and hours until we have to go to sleep or eat dinner and we'll just catch up. And, you know, that's been really nice. So I wish we could do that more often, but we've been kind of busy, especially it's my senior year and college applications and interviews and all that fun stuff but um we've been trying to stay connected and keep connected as much as as much as possible fabulous and uh darcy back to you relationships yeah so um currently i'm in maine so you know my family isn't around but um for christmas my grandmother actually got each of her grandkids and her um regular kids a an amazon echo show so that we could all facetime each other 
um, through this Echo Show <laughs> rather than using our phones. But yeah, it's definitely been hard just because a lot of my interactions I prefer to do in person. And the biggest thing was normally every Christmas Eve, we go to my aunt and uncle's house and we celebrate Christmas Eve there. We have a big dinner. We do white elephant. But this year we decided, okay, with my grandmothers who are both high risk and myself who's high risk and my boyfriend and brother coming down um, to visit, we just decided to do, do it at our own home. So we used the Echo Shows to um, see each other. And we got to see my, my little cousins open up their gifts that we got them, which was a really um, good time. But because of Colby and how much they're doing to help us with COVID, I luckily with my close friends, I've got to see them in person. Um, you know, I have two roommates and they over this time, just because of rules and everything, they've become my my closest friends here. We, you know, we go to the gym almost every day together. Um, I drive one of my roommates and I we're doing the practicum at the same school. So we drive together every morning and every afternoon. I definitely appreciate having that opportunity. I'm actually with my boyfriend right now in his house. So um, but he. Definitely because of my PI, he makes sure that he is following all the guidelines and, you know, he is on me about taking my meds, my um, subcutaneous immunoglobulin, and he makes his friends aware, you know, I need to be careful and you need to be careful when you come over and stuff like that. So I'm very grateful for that as well. Well, thank you all so much for being with us here today, for sharing, for, uh, you know, <laughs> giving us some insights as to how you do it, how you've made the best of uh, this last year, because our hope is uh, some of our listeners or their parents, we know that we've got a lot of parents who, uh, who will listen to this to hear about your insights. Um, we know that we're not out of the woods yet. And so, um, you know, what you shared with us today, I think are, are going to be really helpful to those who listen. So I uh, really appreciate all the time that you've uh, spent with us here today. Thank you for having us. It's been a real pleasure. It was real cool. Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. Yes, thank you. And many thanks to all of our listeners for being with us here today. We hope that you'll join us for the entire series as we explore the concerns and lives of teens who are living with PI. Until then, all of us here at IDF want to wish you good health and strength. And remember, you're never alone. There's always people out there who want to help. We all just have to find each other. This podcast is a service of the Immune Deficiency Foundation. Special thanks to CSL Bearing for sponsoring the teen series. If you like our show and want to learn more, please subscribe to this podcast so future episodes will be sent to your device automatically. To learn more about primary immunodeficiency and the PI community, please visit the IDF website at www.primaryimmune.org. And if you have a question you would like answered, email us at idf at primaryimmune.org. Thanks for tuning in.